Welcome back to the Rise Above Podcast. I'm your host, Will Lambley. Today, we're so excited to be joined by Lynn Lloyd. Lynn served as uh, the Baptist Collegiate Minister D- Director uh, for the University of Arkansas from 1984 to 2012. And we're so excited for Lynn to be on with us today and just talk about his journey in life and how he's been able to use Christ uh, to help others along the way. First off, thank you for joining us today, Lynn. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. We're, we're so excited to have you on. Um, and just uh, hear from you as I, I, I couldn't believe I, I thought you'd just been the uh, BCM director for like 15, 20 years, but 1984 to 2012, you've probably yeah. saw a lot happen over the years. Yeah, it, it was uh, the funnest years of my life, honestly. It was great. I loved being there. And I still love being connected with the University of Arkansas and our BCM. Still hanging around. Yeah, yeah you're still <laughs> hanging around. That, that's actually how me and Lynn met. We met about two years ago, me and my buddy Will went to help uh, speak at a church, uh, and Lynn was the interim pastor at the time, right? Yep. Yeah, I was at Gum Springs Baptist Church trying to help them as uh, just a part of what I get to do uh, across the state with collegiate ministry is connect uh, with churches. And so I was at um, this small rural church outside of Siloam, Arkansas, and uh, for some time though uh, Ryan Scantling had been telling me about you and about Will and some other students and so the the great thing was at Gum Springs Baptist Church every month they have a different mission emphasis and so being the good BCM director that I am <laughs> I suggested that we have a month uh, long BCM mission emphasis and so y'all got to come over and speak and share about BCM and your lives and um, man they jumped on the bandwagon and took up a very generous offering to give to our BCM and and now they do that every year uh, and so I'm, I'm really thankful y'all kicked off something for that church that has been really excellent so I appreciate Appreciate y'all being willing to come over to a small church and talk about campus ministry. Yeah, that's really cool. And um, you talked about now, like, you still help with uh, the BCM. What is your, like, I know uh, your last year being, like, the director of the BCM was 2012. Yeah. So what's life looked like since then? Yeah, uh, so, it and it's still in transition, believe it or not. It's um, been kind of crazy, but uh, it really took... Um, uh, really, uh, I think a word from the Lord to move us away from the campus. And uh, but my a good friend of mine, whose name was David James, he was our state BCM director, and uh, David and I were uh, in college together, in BCM together, back at East Central University at Ada, Oklahoma, okay, yeah. and then in. Um, uh, I came I came to Arkansas in 1980 to work with BCM, and in 1988, uh, David came to be our state director. And so when I left the campus in 2012, I went to work in our state office, out of our state office across the state to do uh, several different things, but one was um, missions mobilization. Uh, one was to help uh, our campus ministers in the area of uh, property and programming and personnel. And so it took on more of a uh, 
30,000 foot view, uh, management administrative role, and, uh, and currently I'm serving in a role of, um, of what, what David would have done as a state director. So I, I oversee and help coach and mentor all of our new young campus ministers that are coming into to Arkansas BCM. Okay, so you're pretty much like the coach for young guys running around like Ryan Scantling. Yes, I <laughs> am. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, like Ryan's put a huge impact in my life. It's probably oh cool for you to see like guys like that coming up because you were once in their shoes. Yes, yes, definitely. You know, uh, one of the things about Ryan, I've known Ryan since he when he since he has been a college student. So you know, when you talk about rise above, uh, that's well, one of the blessings of being collegiate ministry for so long is to see students' lives and to see them rise above some things in their lives to to get to where they're at. It's that's one of the joys and the blessings of being uh, engaged in campus ministry for so long. That's awesome, and yeah, I'm sure I, you always hear people say like. Um, when you have the opportunity to serve students, like you go into it thinking, oh, I'm the one serving them, but you leave thinking, wow, I'm the one that really got served, seeing them like grow and be able to like learn lessons and truly like rise above storms. Oh, yes. that I, I've seen that happen over and over. I can <laughs> tell you lots of stories about yeah. that. Yep. I'm sure. And yep. I, I'm sure... Uh, when you were growing up, did you always? I'm sure you didn't always like see yourself being like doing what you were doing, or was this always kind of the path you saw yourself taking? Oh, wasn't even close. <laughs> I never ever dreamed I would be doing something uh, like this. Um, you know, coming out of you know coming out of high school, and I uh, grew up in South Central Oklahoma, a little town called Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Okay, yeah, and home of False Creek. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. home of uh, Fields pecan pies, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, Paul's Valley is such a great place to grow up um, and had great athletic programs. And, you know, I, I was able to uh, participate in a lot of athletics. And so my dream was thinking, oh, I'm going to go to college and play football or something like that. And I went to East Central at Ada, Oklahoma. And, you um, my first year, I played uh, football at uh, East Central, and soon I, it, I realized that I'm too too slow, <laughs> too slow, too small, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the reality kind of hit home, and, um, but what took place in my life at that time, um, BCM started playing a bigger role in my life, gave me more reason to stay in school. I don't know if I would have ever finished school if I hadn't found the BCM and uh, some some guys in the BCM that were walking with the Lord and uh, BCM gave me the opportunity to serve in some small churches as a youth minister. And uh, as a result of that, um, you know how God kind of does. He'll, you're going in one direction, and He slowly moves you uh, in a different direction. And what actually happened was one of my campus ministers at our BCM left to go be a pastor out in Western Oklahoma. And after I graduated, I graduated with a degree in medical laboratory science. I was working in a laboratory, and one day uh, Jerry Mitchell. 
uh, called me and said, um, hey, I need you to come be my youth minister. <laughs> and I, he, he said, and this was out at Alva, Oklahoma. I had no idea where Alva, Oklahoma was. And I kept saying, no, I don't think so. But he kept, he was real persistent. I eventually, I went out there just to see what was going on. And when I got there, it was like the Lord just said, this is where you need to be. And as a result of that, uh, I was the youth minister and the collegiate pastor at First Baptist Church Alva, which is where Northwestern Oklahoma yeah. State University is. I actually went there for a camp one time. Yeah. the panhandle, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Rangers, yeah. yeah. And, um, and as a result of that, ended up taking some students to Collegiate Week, which then was out at uh, Glorieta, New Mexico. And it was at Glorieta, New Mexico that God just... It was made it evident that I needed to be in collegiate ministry. So that was a long story, but that's how I got there yeah. at my beginning. That's so, so cool. And there's so many verses I was thinking of when you were talking about that. But one that really, really sticks out to me is uh, Proverbs 16, verse 9, um, where it says, um, the, the man like always has a plan for his life, oh, but yeah. the Lord is the one that establishes them. Yeah. Like, whenever you had your degree, uh, did you plan on, you probably just plan on doing what your degree was in. Yes. But um, it's crazy how whenever you started working in college, in youth ministry, like God just called you there. Yes. Yeah. And um, he, and, you know, God's calling for me. Uh, it, I, I fortunately, I grew up in a, in a really good church with a really good youth group. And several of the young men that uh, I grew up with, uh, God called into ministry, and I kept thinking, "Well, God, are you going to call me into ministry? <laughs> yeah. You know, here I am. I'm, you know, I want to be a preacher or something." And but um, you know, I never really fit what I would consider the preacher mode or the missionary uh, person. Uh, and I kept thinking, "Where do I fit? You know, where where do I fit?" And God just made that really evident, really through a series of people, even more than. Um, a scripture verse or anything, he used God's word definitely in my life, uh, and uh, but moving toward uh, how can I say this? Uh, a kind of a vocational call in my life was just over and over um, reaffirmed by several people in my life, and uh, so thankful. Uh, I've only got to do the things I've gotten to do because of other people. As you know, we stand on the shoulders of a lot of people. So, yeah. And it's crazy, too. We've talked about a lot in our podcast about like the importance of uh, surrounding ourselves with the right people yeah. and how uh, God can really use that to help like work through our own life. Yes. It says in uh, Proverbs, where it says, a friend loves all times, but a brother or sister in Christ is born for times of adversity. Yes. And was there some times uh, whenever you first started in ministry that you faced some adversity and those around you really had to help like keep you on the path? Yeah. Uh, and a, a couple of folks, if I, if I can drop some names, but probably nobody else knows, but um, uh, I was thinking of some people that God placed in my life for those times of, of adversity. And one was Jerry Mitchell, who was my uh, campus minister at our BCM. And um, it, the crazy thing was that Jerry Mitchell was pastor at this church, First Baptist Church Fayetteville, for about 20, 
maybe 25 years uh, before Brother Doug came. And uh, eventually, uh, I'd, I'd left there to, uh, you know, go to seminary and prepare. Uh, but it was Jerry and then another guy by the name of David James, who was a, a really, really close friend in college. Those two men um, have have really walked beside me through those times in my life where I was the lowest uh, when I was trying to make decisions about career, uh, about marriage, about family, um, about, uh, in, in my case, uh, you know, we had a, uh, about uh, 22 years ago, uh, my first wife passed away with uh, leukemia, and those there were there were more than those, but but David and Jerry walked through me through a really with me through a really really tough time, and I and I can say that, and and even David James, you know, who later became my supervisor, my boss, he never made a decision about me that did not helped move me and position me to be a better leader, a better person, a better follower of Christ. Uh, so, yeah, that, those are two people. There's there's several others yeah. I'd like to mention. but Yeah, it's cool to be able to reflect on those people yeah. and just see how they inspired us to just not give up and uh, keep going for Christ every day. Yeah. And uh, is that kind of like what helped you like whenever you started – in uh, 1984 as the uh -huh. director of the BCM. Yeah. Just having the, like those people around you just knowing that you're starting a, a ministry, uh, a new, new ministry job, and uh -huh. you might not necessarily know what it's going to entail, but just knowing you have those people around you. Yes. Uh, uh, fortunately, again, Jerry was the pastor here. <laughs> and So he was uh, the pastor here whenever you started? He, in yes. And um, so when we moved to Fayetteville, and I was, I'd first gone to Southern Arkansas University uh, as BCM director in 1980 when we finished uh, seminary. We moved to uh, Magnolia, Arkansas, and um, and then in th after about four years there, they um, our my boss then asked us to move to Fayetteville, and that was in 1984. And so moving that just that transition period, you, you know, you talk about storms and weathering some storms. Though our first year, year and a half here was just I, I, at times I. To be honest, I questioned God because things were going so well in Magnolia, you know, and you leave a place where things are going really good and uh, moving to a place where uh, our, our campus here was then, our campus ministry was in transition and needed a, a change of leadership, um, but there was some push back against that, against changing some things, doing things different. And wow, uh, it was it was a difficult couple of years. And I remember um, uh, sitting in the uh, Greek theater, uh, doing a quiet time and going, Lord, what in the world? <laughs> well, have, have I made the wrong decision? Uh, am I the right person? 
you know, to be here. And God took me to a, uh, a passage of Scripture in Romans uh, where it, it was really, it, it talked about, um, uh, it, it was really about Pharaoh. It was a quote about Pharaoh, and it says, you know, I've raised you up for this very purpose, that my name might be declared and proclaimed in all the earth, and that my power might be displayed in you. And, and for some reason, that verse that day became my personal motto and my personal goal in life, is that if God would empower me at the University of Arkansas, that we would see him move in such a way that we would see students scattered all over the world. And without a doubt, in the next 20 years and longer, uh, God has done that. And to this day, we have alumni scattered all over the globe doing ministry uh, in places that are, that are hard to get to. And uh, so it has been a wonderful blessing to, to from that diversity uh, that I went through, diversity <laughs> that I went through at that time, to know that God was going to keep his promise and be faithful to produce what he wanted to do on that campus. It, it was amazing. I love that uh, scripture you mentioned. I think that's so great for anyone listening because I feel like in life, we always... Everyone at some point finds themselves in a situation where they're stuck, and it's so easy to seek all the things around us and say, okay, maybe this will make me happy, or maybe if I'm doing that, I'll be happy. And sure, we might be happy for a little bit, but it's not going to bring us fulfillment. Right. And then other people, maybe it's maybe, oh, if I'm good enough at something, like seeking for internal, like, fulfillment but then they that's not going to make us happy but like you did in that moment like the only thing that's going to fulfill us is when we seek above seek christ yeah and, and i'm sure uh by doing that and continuing to doing that as the uh, director at, at the university of Arkansas campus um you were able to see so many uh lives touched and i'm sure it was so fulfilling for you just uh even as you mentioned seeing people across the world uh, scattered sharing the gospel right right and do you have any stories about anyone like where that's like across the world or just like some cool stories about uh, people that you've been able to come across in the ministry oh um uh, former students or? yes yeah, former yeah, yeah. Students. man um and they, these are people that uh you probably know i mean Y'all wouldn't know these names or recognize these names because they serve so quietly and so humbly. But uh, one of the first names that comes to my mind is uh, Curtis Sargent. Curtis Sargent um, was, when I got to campus, Curtis was maybe a sophomore, finished up his sophomore year when I came to the U of A. Uh, Curtis uh, grew up in Taiwan. His parents were missionaries in Taiwan. He uh, ended up coming to Fayetteville, uh, honestly, to run track. Uh, he's he, uh, brilliant. This young man was brilliant. He passed up uh, huge scholarships, uh, like in chemical engineering at some other prestigious. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's that hard to run track and chemical engineering. Yeah. yeah. You don't hear many people like that. That's crazy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Curtis ended up coming uh, to the U of A. He, I think, was on the first national track team, national championship track team at the University of Arkansas. And uh, Curtis um, 
was super involved. He was one of our uh, BCM presidents, um, met one of the young ladies that lived in one of our houses, and they ended up getting married later. Uh, but while Curtis was here also as a grad student, uh, he, he played soccer. Uh, he started, um, he actually started the women's soccer program at the University of Arkansas. Crazy wow. uh, that uh, while he was here. But Curtis later graduated, went on, and um, uh, he and his wife um, surrendered to missions, uh, went with the International Mission Board at that time, and they sent them to an island called Henan, which is off the coast of China. And it was one of those, that, that particular island was um, totally unreached. Um, there was no even hardly evidence of Christianity there. And Curtis was tasked with uh, planting churches on this island. And one time he sent me um, a letter. This was way back there. <laughs> you know, uh, there was no internet at that time. So he, he had sent me a letter and he said, hey, I have ended at the ends of the earth. And he said, because at one on one of the coastal plains uh, on, on a cliff on that island had been carved into this uh, rock of the ends of the earth because the population that was at that island were normally prisoners that, that from China that, and, you know, to get rid of them, they sent them to this island. And so there were a lot of outcast folks there. Curtis was the forefront of the church planting movement in China. He had such success at Hainan that God used him not only on Hainan, but on mainland China. And, and later, uh, Curtis moved from um, China to uh, some other places. He was in Singapore for a while. Um, and then he went to uh, um, Saddleback uh church out in, in California, this huge church out there uh, with, with Rick Warren, and he went there with the purpose of developing a strategy of how to reach unreached people groups under a certain number, so that those, uh, you know, the International Mission Board and a lot of groups focus on uh, unreached people groups that have a lot of people in them. Well, they were specifically targeting uh, unreached people groups that were small, that were overlooked. And um, he did that for a while, and now he, he is a consultant. He moved to Alabama. He has built a camp called Metacamp uh, where he trains uh, churches and Christians how to uh, reproduce uh, like house churches. He travels all over the country, all over the world teaching. He's, he's just one of our alumni that you would have never, ever heard about, and he has had massive impact of spreading the gospel in the world. Uh, so there, there's one. I, I, I hate to talk too much, but yeah, he's that, that's, one. That's awesome. And I, I, I remember you, you've told me that story too. It's crazy how he started the soccer program, but also has had such a big impact on so many lives across the country for the gospel, too. Yeah. And I, I love that. And it's cool, too, to see, like, how big an impact he's made, like, on sports and, like, the gospel. Because mm -hmm. now, like, Arsenal has 
perennially like one of the best girls soccer yes. teams every year. Yeah. And it's all because uh, he, he started it back then. And yes. It's been so cool because uh, you were able to play a part in his life uh, by answering that call to God. Uh, as what as what he t told you in Romans, whenever you went to him that yeah. day in the Greek theater. Yes, just and, yeah, just an incredible answer to prayer. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and I'm sure um, there's many more stories of people that you're able to see. Like, wow, like God really worked through that person through this prayer, that prayer. Yeah. But I'm sure there's many times too that uh, you came across people and like they just just felt stuck, whether it was. Um, they didn't really have a walk with Christ or they just kind of felt stuck with their walk with Christ. How, how would you help students kind of like just realize that Christ is the only thing that can fulfill us? Yeah. So I'm sure like being the college pastor, as long as you were, you came across so many situations. Oh yeah. Um, you know, well, it, and it's really interesting, uh, you know, working with college students because one of the things you learn real quickly is that college students vote with their feet. So if they come to something and uh, once or twice and they don't really connect, uh, they just don't come back. <laughs> yeah. So they, that's the way they let you know that they didn't like it exactly, or yeah. they didn't connect or something like that. And so they just kind of walk away. And so being able to follow up uh, and have a system of um, just – following up with people and just not letting them go you know um, trying to uh, just stay in touch with them and that's one of the things with um, uh, over the last couple of years one of the things I've gotten to do is work with RBCM with alumni and one of the things in working with our alumni has helped me reconnect uh, with a, uh, I don't know 1,200, 1,500 of our alumni, uh, some that are really engaged in their churches, but some that are not, that have, have not necessarily they've walked away, they've just kind of become disengaged. And so it goes, uh, probably a week doesn't go by that I don't engage with one of our alumni and, and my conversations are so different at this point uh, because my conversations are about family. And my conversations are about uh, how they're dealing with aging parents now. Uh, my conversations are about their children. Maybe they've got a child that has really spun off and uh, is not doing well. Um, you know, on, on a moral level or academic level. Um, and unfortunately, uh, sometimes I, uh, I, I've, I've had the privilege, like any campus minister, to be involved in a lot of weddings because, you know, that's the age <laughs> that a lot of folks get married. But in these last few couple of years, unfortunately, I've been involved in a lot of funerals uh, where... Uh, Alumni's parents, you know, are are passing away, or the unfortunate thing is they may lose a child, and so um, the I don't know if I'm answering your question specifically, but number one, continuing relationships, just never giving up on someone, uh, and trying to walk beside them, not just in their college years, but but post college and uh, that's just really important uh, in staying true to a, fr uh, a student to a friend because they're not a project yeah. students aren't projects 
there's they have become my lifelong friends and so it's it's a, a part of that is walking through the difficult things like that you've talked about helping them rise above the difficulties that they're facing now and wh when that happens they reconnect with the god and they'll reconnect with the church yeah that's awesome and it reminds me of something that uh, the pastor at the church we're doing this podcast out right now uh, josh malden who's the college pastor said last week one of the best ways to show others that we're a christian and to support others is by love just loving them yeah and like you said relationships the best way to like show others that we care is not by treating them as projects, but by truly loving them. Because a quote I love is "Love conquers all." Because like we never know what we'll face in life, but something we always can do is love those around us and sh show them we care and yep. that uh, they matter. They do matter, and I'm sure that there's been as you talk about people they were able to pour into you and so many people that you were able to pour into as well um you were able to see that man love is so powerful yes oh man i i, I don't know um man I, I i don't even know how to describe that uh, just in a conversation will with a uh, one of our alums that i talked with last week going through a really really difficult time comes from a, a home um, uh, where his an abusive home to, to be quite honest and I'm visiting with him about that in his personal history and this guy is super successful now super successful has a great family they're they're engaged in in their church all of those things but in that conversation just to, to tell him I loved him was huge because he didn't receive that from his parents didn't receive that from an abusive dad and so the power that you've mentioned the power of love and expressing that and just saying it to somebody is huge it's super powerful yeah that, that's, that's awesome and I, that that's so powerful because like it doesn't always seem like that would make a big difference, but uh, something that I've had to realize recently is like when I'm having a rough day or things just aren't going my way, I kind of do like a reality check and see like what is pressure. Like pressure is being nailed to a cross and knowing that like you're you're doing this not for your own good, but for someone else. Mm -hmm. And like it, that that's just a great reality check for me, knowing that like. Christ died on the cross so like what's my excuse not to love someone else or like uh, get in the word daily or pray yeah, right right and that that should have been a great reality check and like you said like just going our way to tell others we love them because Christ first loved us right oh without a doubt and yet but um, and has that has there been uh, I'm sure there's been many times where you've been able to like share stories of with others about how they how they can rise above but has there been a, t a time in your life uh, where you thought maybe oh i don't know how i'm gonna rise above this situation but christ really helped you in a bigger way than you could have imagined uh well you know going back to um uh when my first wife passed away uh i without a doubt I could not have survived. I had, um, I became a, you know, a single dad with three children, and if I had not had uh, my church, 
my church family surrounded me and took care of me. Uh, there were other people that, um, gosh, from other churches. The, the Christian family is so big and broad. And I just never realized and until you get in that kind of situation where you are desperate, where you have to be dependent on the Lord, uh, God draws people out of the woodwork. He drew people out of the woodwork for me to, to help me survive, in, in, including, I want to throw in there my, my future wife, the, the woman who I would eventually marry, Rebecca. And uh, so God has done in my life some, I don't know how to even describe it, uh, Will, just some amazing things because once we get to that place where we're so desperate that we have to depend on Him, He throws everything, <laughs> all these resources uh, to help you rise above and live above the storm, live and not not just survive it, but in sometimes thrive over it. Exactly. Uh, you know, you we were talking prior to this podcast and, and to tell you that now I have 14 grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. I would have never, ever dreamed that, that, that life would could be better that it would be better and and um that god would just turn my life totally around in that situation and so man when when we're <laughs> when you think you're down and out i mean god is about to do his best work in your life he is about to do the best things that you could and you have no idea of what he's going to to do in your life and uh but they're going to be outstanding they're going to be incredible exactly I, I love that because i feel like anyone listening to this podcast maybe they're in the season right now is at a time where they're like questioning so many things like god is this really where i'm supposed to go or really what i'm supposed to be doing but like lynn said when you put your trust in christ surround yourself with the right people um God never says oops. He mm -hmm. always has a plan for our life. Yep. I, I love John 13, 7, where it says, um, these things that are happening to us, we might not always understand, but when we put our trust in Christ, later we will understand. Yeah. And um, I think that's a great testament right there with um, what's happening in your life. But now you're able to see like all the people that have came through your ministry and now uh, from generations with your 14 grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that's, that's awesome. And um, as we leave, uh, one last question I, I want to uh -huh. ask is, I mean, you've had the, the ability to impact so many lives uh, through the years and continuing to impact lives. As you're still involved with the Baptist Collegiate Ministry at Arkansas. As we still see you around, um, um, whether it's former students or people you should have the opportunity to meet once. Mm -hmm. If there's one or a few things that you want them to remember about you, what is it? Oh, about me? Yeah, about you, yeah. Wow, well, wow. Um, I, what I would hope they would remember about me, um, uh, I've got two or three things running through my mind. One is faithfulness, just being faithful 
to uh, try and walk with the Lord. That I've, my life has been a faithful. It's not been a <laughs> my. <laughs> I, if you, for those that know me closely, know that uh, I'm fairly. I'm sometimes intentionally slow. I'm slow to make decisions. I eat slowly. I walk slowly. But some of that is intentional because I don't want to outrun God. I don't want to make decisions that are. Uh, based on just conjecture or guessing, I really, really want to make daily decisions that are based on on my walk with with the Lord and where He's taken me and and who He's bringing me in contact with. So that would be one of the the things. And second of all is uh, legacy. That um, I, I I read this. I, I, I wish I had been smart enough to say this, but a legacy is not about what you leave behind. It's about who you leave behind. And so I hope that my legacy is going to be numbered with the friends and the family uh, that I have had some kind of influence uh, for good in their lives. So those are a couple of things. That's great. And I love what you said about that legacy. It's not about what you leave behind, but who you leave behind, right? Yes. That's awesome. I think everyone listening to this can apply it to uh, their life when you're in an adverse situation, knowing that legacy, no one's going to remember, like, what you had, but rather people are going to remember how you treated them and mm-hmm. the impact you, you made through Christ on them. Yes. And that, that's awesome right there. And we cannot thank you enough for being with, on with us oh, today, Lynn. My privilege. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I know there's many things I've been able to take, take away from this it's about just um, trusting in Christ. And he can truly, as it says in Ephesians 3, verse 20, do immeasurably more in us uh-huh. than we could think or imagine. Yep. And um, we can't thank everyone enough for uh, tuning in with us today and know you can catch the rise above podcast on any platform you listen to podcasts on or on instagram and know that no matter the storm that you face this week or for the rest of your life when you put your trust in christ you can always rise above catch you guys next week